The scripture reading for today comes from Genesis 6, 13 through 22, which is on page 5, and Hebrews 11, uh, verse 7, on 1007. Uh, before we read the scripture, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may the Spirit of God rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. Amen. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 30 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark inside it. Make it with lower, second, and third decks, for behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, which is the breath of life under heaven, and everything that is on earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And you shall bring of every living thing of all flesh, and you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of birds according to their kind, of animals according to their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. And two of every sort shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. No, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And he condemned, and this he condemned the world, and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. The word of God for people of God. The author of Hebrews is laying out a series of individuals um, from Israel's past to show us examples of those who lived out their faith. We're not so much getting a definition of faith as much as pictures of what faith looks like. And um, as as we do, we um, are, are seeing this faith in practice, one of the things that we're being reminded is that faith is not simply trusting in an event that happened in the past. That's part of it. It's, it's also what we trust is going to happen in the future, that we're looking forward to something. So for us Christians, that means there is that we trust that our Savior Jesus went to the cross to suffer on our behalf. He died on the cross, he rose again on the third day, and now anyone who comes to him in faith has forgiveness of sin and life everlasting. But it's not merely that we look back and we say, okay, I believe that and go off and do our own thing. 
It's that we also are looking forward to the future fulfillment of what he's promised, that he will establish his kingdom of perfect justice and peace, that he will declare us uh, forgiven and acquitted of our sins, that he will raise us up in the future and we will look forward to eternal life, and that we are brought into his family. All this is going to happen in the future, and so we're looking forward to this. And what we see in Noah, and I'll give you all the same warning I gave at Mount Carmel, I'm probably going to say Moses at some point. So just, just snicker at me, feel a little bit superior, and let's move on when I do that, okay? So Noah um, is one who is exercising faith, and he shows us a, 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 an example of what Hebrews has told us, of the faith of um, the, the substance of things hoped for. So we see uh, that Noah is trusting in God. He's trusting in God's truthfulness. He's trusting in God's warning. God has come to him and said, I am going to destroy the world. I'm going to send a flood to wipe out because violence and evil and wickedness and sins that are hurting people and the things that are going on is beyond what he's going to stand anymore and he is going to bring his um, judgment. And so... Noah trusts that this is going to happen. He's looking forward to this day that God has promised. And because of that future look, he acts in obedience. He gets to work building the ark that God commands. God has laid out how many cubits each part is to be and what material to use and to build it with so many levels. And he's explained how to build it. And Noah gets busy obediently doing what God has called because of his faith. And this is, again, showing us that faith necessarily leads to obedience. If you say that you trust God, there are things that you stop doing and that you start doing. There are things that you seek to do um, in obedience to him if you trust him to say, this is what's best for you. This is what's going to um, protect you. And so he is being obedient and yet, even here, it reminds us that obedience is not what earns salvation. That the obedience itself is not as though we do this and God rewards that obedience by um, saying, if you do this, you will be mine. But rather, it's an outworking of a faith that saves. So at the end of uh, verse 7 of Hebrews, he became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah's righteousness is based not in his obedience, but in his faith. Just like everyone throughout the history of this book, just like everyone in this room, we seek obedience. If we truly trust in Jesus, he is our Lord, and we are going to do what he calls us to do. And it is a faith that persists. Noah didn't build the ark overnight. It was waking up, seeing the sunshine, and asking yourself, is it really going to rain? But gathering the material and working, and dealing with the ridicule of neighbors, going over again why I'm doing this, why I'm trusting God, why I'm um, building um, an ark this far from the seashore, going over it all again, going to bed, waking up the next day, and being obedient again, and doing it again. And the longer it goes without any threat of a flood, 
it has to become difficult. That he has to have nights that he goes to bed and, and thinks, am I really going to get up and do this again? But daily, we follow God. Obedient, persistent faith. That is, we, we, we can't say, one time when I was a kid, I raised my hand at a camp event, and I'm a Christian, if the rest of your life shows no sign of faith. I can't say I went through a confirmation class 40 years ago, and you really can't distinguish me from anybody else in the neighborhood who doesn't believe and expect to truly have faith. If, I'm, if, I'm, if this faith is something that's in the past, faith is something that persists. Faith is something that continues. Not perfectly. We stumble. We fail. We get up some days and we realize, I was not obedient. I had my doubts. We might find long stretches that I have not been doing what God has called me to do. And we get up the next day and we persist in that faith even when we stumble, even when we doubt. In other words, it's not a perfect faith. It's not perfect obedience. It's not perfect persistence. But it is faith that continues, that does um, get back up when we fail. And we will. We will stumble. So we, we get back up. We go back to it. We do what we're called to do. Faith that is a saving faith is a faith that's looking towards the future. It's a faith that persists. And it's a faith that necessarily leads to obedience. And it's a faith, he says, of looking forward to an unseen, um, um, concerning events as yet unseen. They hadn't seen a flood. Didn't know what was coming. But he's trusting it anyway. And what I want us to look at here is that, that we're looking forward to the future. And as I think of that, I tend to think of, I'm looking forward to the resurrection. I'm looking forward to reunion with loved ones. I'm looking forward to my own sanctification when I won't do things that I regret and hurt people. I'm looking for all those things. But, but what Noah was looking forward to and something that's implied in all the benefits we think of is Noah is looking forward to a judgment that has not yet been seen. We don't like to talk about God's judgment. We don't like the idea of God's wrath. Not because we're more enlightened, but we just kind of find it distasteful. Right? I mean, it's, it's, we, we kind of just, we don't like the idea of someone telling us no. Which is why I'm kind of amused. We, we always decorate nurseries with pictures of the ark. We had a wonderful book. Oh, I loved it. The Zebras and Lions. Were very, they were on different pages. That's why you could have Zebras and Lions. And, and, you know, this wonderful toys we had for kids. I think we had the Fisher Price toys set with all the, the animals. And it was, it was a great thing. We love, and I, I think everybody has the Noah story. They always leave out the people who didn't make it. The, the children's books, appropriately so. We, we don't need um, figurines of the ones not in the ark anyway. You know, the, just that part of the story we overlook. But I think because we do that, um, because we do that, I think we kind of put in our mind how fun of a story it is and not think about this is a terrifying story. Because it's God's judgment poured out on wickedness. If you read up to the passage that leads to it, it talks about the absolute violence that is going on. The oppression of the weak. It's talking about people who are being abused and used and destroyed to build others up into power. It's a story of God saying enough injustice, enough 
destruction. Enough with the violence. I'm going to cleanse it all away. And that's the story is that Noah is saved from this judgment that is poured out on the sinfulness and the violence and the destruction. And there's something that, that we, we don't like the idea of thinking of God doing that, in part because we know our own wrath and anger. My anger is rarely not primarily based on my own sin and pride. My anger is rarely anything but selfish. There's usually a kernel of righteousness I can exploit, but it's usually my, my own personal pride. God's has none of that. God's is pure love. God's wrath and justice and judgment is looking at something that has hurt others and he's protecting his creation that has been hurt. He's protecting the people that have been harmed. He's bringing judgment on those. And if you just stop to think for a minute of how love demands accountability for those who would hurt and destroy, that's what we want, justice. If someone has you know, just brought harm to others, we, we scream for that to be held accountable. And we scream for a world for judgment to come and to make things right. And that is what God is. It's love being worked out. Y'all probably heard this story, but not in the last three months because I've you know, been away. Y'all haven't done this one. But as I tell about after one of the first times we took Keelan to one of those little playgrounds at those fast food places, it didn't have, well, we got Robin past some of her germ phobia based on things, but we, we let her in. She was playing. She was driving her car. She's, too, she's so cute. She's doing a great job. This older boy, this thug, he's like two and a half or three. And he gets in there and he shoves Keelan out of the way. She was just there. He comes up and pushes. And as an embarrassed Robin is dragging me out of the playground as I have <laughs> lunged in after this um, punk, um, I, I calm down. We, we, we leave and nobody recognizes this. It's the natural result of loving. If you love, you're going to defend and you're going to protect. Maybe a little bit overreact. God doesn't overreact. But I, was, I just, on, on the interstate yesterday, I, we were near a van and it had um, Mama Bear on the thing. I don't know if y'all like the name Mama Bear or whatever, but you know exactly what it means. And are we sympathetic? Now, Mama Bear isn't saying how cuddly and cute she is. She's saying, don't get in the way of my kids. I'll hurt you. Because if you love, you defend and protect. So when I'm, we're talking about God's wrath and God's judgment, he loves his creation. He loves people. He loves the weak. He loves the vulnerable. And he's not going to allow them to be run over. And his judgment comes. And so what Noah sees is God's coming judgment, and he prepares for it. He's getting ready for the judgment that is to come. And like us, that we realize there is a judgment that is going to come. People will be held accountable. I will be held accountable. You will be held accountable. We know that nothing that we have done to harm others, God is going to let go past. And so judgment is coming, but he also offers mercy. He offers an ark to escape the coming judgment. He gives this to us in Jesus Christ. And here is just, just briefly this comment. By this, by, by Noah's faith and building the ark and his obedience to God's coming judgment, by this, 
faith, he condemned the world as well as becoming heir to righteousness. Noah was condemning others because he said, God is bringing judgment and I'm going to seek to escape. And any time that you are walking out of step with the world around you and saying, this is right, this is wrong, and I'm going to trust in God, it condemns those who want to participate in the evil that is there. Just by living and trusting in Jesus is going to be some sort of condemnation to those who don't. And I think that we, we have to just recognize that. The, he builds the ark. He obediently is finding, um, doing this, that he is going to escape. But one of the things that we see, I just want us to see a few things with the directions. He has given the plans for the ark. He's given very detailed directions. How many cubits long? What material to make it? How many stories? Where to put the door? He didn't just say, I'm going to destroy. Trust me. Do something. Right? And, and it makes sense. They hadn't seen an ark. You know, if I was going to build a a doorstop, I would need plans, right? So he needs plans. But I think there's almost this way that we need to realize that God reveals a way of escape. God reveals the building of the ark. God reveals the method of escaping the judgment. And there's an attitude, I think, that we tend to have of, okay, I believe in Jesus. I can make it up as I go. So much of the culture around us, so much of, of the Christian culture around us has this idea that, you know, if, if I love Jesus, my intentions are good and I can do whatever. When he's revealed to us how we follow him, how we lead our families, how we live together as a church, he's given us a plan and a way of doing that. And so as we gather together and as we live our lives, we have to be obedient to the plan he's given to the way Noah was obedient to the plans that were given to him. So my life needs to be conformed to God's law. The, the way I live needs to follow the pattern of Jesus and self-denial and loving others and being generous and gracious. The way I order the family ought to um, be a way that is teaching others, teaching our children, that builds a home of hospitality and that, that leads in a way that shows this is how we follow Christ, that teaches the things of Christ and teaches who he is, that our worship together isn't just that we get together and say, hey, what do y'all like? I understand the preaching is kind of boring. Maybe a skit or a movie clip might be better. No, we, we, we do what he's called us to do, that we gather together on the Lord's Day. We hear his word. We sing the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We do what he told us to do in remembrance of him. We receive baptism, that we encourage one another. And as I watch you pray with one another, when you genuinely are seeking what's going on in each other's life, when we're holding one another accountable for um, following and being obedient, the way that you do that and pray with one another and support each other, that's what he's called, to do, called us to do. This is our ark. This is the way that we are saved. We are obediently following him. And so I can encourage you to remember, we, we don't go and do this on our own way. Now, that can be expressed in many different ways. That's not saying if a church doesn't lockstep look like us, it's not faithful. But there are certain elements that are expressed in different ways that still have to be part of any true church. The second thing of this, don't try to follow subpoints, there's no outline, is that he saves his household. So do not hear me saying 
that my obedience is going to be salvation for my kids, or that you don't have to exercise faith on your own. God has no grandchildren. You come to him in your own faith. And yet, throughout Scripture, what we see is the faith is a faith that blesses the household. This is why we baptize our children. They're part of the household of faith. They are sanctified. They are made holy. It's not saying they are necessarily saved. They will still have to come to Christ on their own, but it is saying that Noah's children were blessed because of Noah's faith. Abraham's children were blessed because of Abraham's faith. The covenant always has included households, and there is something to be said that I'm not following Jesus just for myself. My following and obedience and my faith, your faith has an impact. Whether you see it or not, whether it feels like it's not happening, whether it, it, it feels like it, it is just falling empty on the ground, to follow Christ and to be faithful to him is a blessing on the household. Let me take this a little further what Hebrews says. There were some really lucky squirrels that wound up getting on that ark. Unfortunately, there were a couple of cats that got there too. Armadillos, y'all. I mean, there's something to be said about your faithfulness and your obedience is a blessing on others, right? It blessed God's creation to be obedient. And there's a sense in which not only am I trying to be following Christ for my salvation, but to be a blessing to my household and my family and my kids, but we ought to be the best neighbors around. People ought to love doing business with Christians, not because they put a fish sticker on the door, but because they know that the job is going to be done well and people are going to be treated like people. And that, that, that should be, in other words, what you do is going to have a blessing and impact. That it ought to be this community is blessed the more Christians are in it because we're being faithful and we are uh, working that out. Not, not that people are being saved by being near us, but they're being blessed, hopefully, by our faithful presence. And then um, the, the final thing I want to point out is it was sunny most of the days he was at work on the ark. It wasn't raining. Anybody would have come in on the ark when it was flooding. But his faith was when things were going well. When things were happening okay, he still was preparing for what was to come. He knew it was coming. He trusted it was coming. And most of the world around us does not trust that something is going to come, something to happen. And what I want to say is there's, that is ominous. It's in perfect timing, i got to say. <laughs> We build the ark in the good times because we know the bad times are coming. We know judgment is coming. We know pain is coming. In other words, we need to be faithful when it doesn't seem like we need anything. We're, we're with brothers and sisters. We're building that relationship. We're building the knowledge of God and what he's done for us. We're building the habits of obedience. So when the floods come in life, and you know they will come because as I look out, I know the floods each of y'all You've all had them. We've all had them. Everyone knows they're coming, that we're ready because we've built in the, in the sunshine. Would you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed? <laughs>